Let me set the scene for you. It's September of last year. It's the end of the month, so fall had just started, but it was one of those no longer summer but still feels like summer nights. The day was warm and the night was only slightly cool. My friends slash co-workers and I are gathered in a one-bedroom apartment in Queens and all the lights are off. We're hiding. We're trying to keep our voices down and we're waiting for our guest of honor to arrive. A majority of us work together, some longer than others, but most of us, including me, have known each other only for a couple of months. And yet, here we are, waiting for one of our co-workers, David, to arrive. It's the night before his 21st birthday, and he has no idea we're here. A little past midnight, we're singing happy birthday, and the excitement on David's face is undeniable. Crazy child. Let's go. Ready? All right, everybody ready? One, two, three. Happy birthday to you. He tries to hide his face in his hoodie, but it's easy to see that in that moment, he's pretty happy. He told us a couple of days later in a group chat we had all created for work that that party, that night, had, quote, made his whole year. All the sound you're hearing is coming from these two videos I took on my iPhone the night of. I was just capturing the moment, you know? I was trying to be a typical millennial with my phone out, ready to document. I didn't know that just a few months later, I'd be in the same friend's apartment and I would be in a similar position. I would be sitting across from David. David would be sitting in the same exact chair. But this time, instead of a birthday cake in front of him, there'd be a microphone. <clears throat> oh, also just one other note. If it looks like I'm zoning out at any point, um, I am slash I'm not. Like, I'm in the conversation, but I'm also just but like thinking You're going to listen questions. back to it anyway. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. Okay. Also, so. can I like tilt this like like this? No. So actually, okay. <laughs> no, you can't. <laughs> oh, that, that's that's right. Because you need, you need the mic too. I'm no, so sorry. no, 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 no. It's also because uh, this mic. A lot of people, at least for this microphone specifically, a lot of people think that like it's capturing the sound from the top. It's capturing the sound from the sides, and I have it specifically set on uh, um, 
aesthetic where it's doing yeah just gotcha okay vertical me and you okay so don't worry i pushed it closer to you so like it's gonna get more of your audio because mine is not as important gotcha Um, but yeah let's get started David is from the Bronx. I grew up in Parkchester. That's off the six. Nice neighborhood. Uh, very hard to find parking, but it was pretty neat. It was pretty simple. Me, my sister, my mom, and my dad. The four of them lived in a two-bedroom apartment on the sixth floor. It was pretty tiny. Only a living room, two bedrooms, and a bathroom all split up by one really short hallway. It was pretty generic, as you can think. There was a TV in the little corner. As you walk in, you would see a flower couch. And as you walk in, you would see the kitchen on the left-hand side. And the rest of it is mostly the living room. And on the right is that little hallway I mentioned before, where you would see the two bedrooms. When you turn into that hallway, the left side is the master bedroom, which is where my parents were. Pretty big. It was actually almost as big as the living room. And me and my sister's room was on the opposite side, as I mentioned. We never cleaned our room at all. It was always a mess. But yeah, walls are blue. That was probably like the only memorable thing about the apartment was that we got it painted blue earlier on and got ducks painted all over the walls. And this apartment with blue walls and painted ducks was the first home David and his younger sister Jessie had ever known. At home, their dad wasn't present a lot of the time. He had a busy working schedule. So their mom was home with them more often. He was a taxi driver at the time. So he would come home really late, way after bedtime, and then leave really early. So we mostly just saw mom most of the time. And she would drop us to school and she would go to her job. And then when we came back, if dad was around, it would only be like a few hours of family time before we would head to bed. We would mostly watch Jeopardy and Wheel of Fortune. We never had cable, so no Cartoon Network or Nickelodeon or anything like that. It was mostly just Channel 13 and in the mornings it was Sesame Street and Cyber Chase and all of that. I just wanted to watch the Holy Trinity Sesame Street, Cyber Chase, and Arthur, and that's it. Whenever David and his sister weren't at home or at school, you'd find them at their grandmother's apartment in the Upper West Side. This was their grandmother on their dad's side. David and Jesse would go to her apartment on weekends. It was cool. There were also um, my neighbors. Well, I guess they're neighbors, right? Because they live in the same building, but they're on an upper floor. Oh my God, yeah. Is that a city thing? Probably. Yeah. And they were on the same age group as me, so they would come down, we would play toys, watch Powerpuff Girls. That was like another cartoon we used to like, because grandma had cable, so. Got it, okay. Wait, what were your favorite shows then you watched at your grandmother's house? So, favorite shows. Powerpuff Girls. Powerpuff Girls. Legit. Power Rangers. Ooh, what, do you remember which? (laughs) Okay. I remember SPD, which was Space? Space Patrol Delta. And it was so dope because the Red Power Ranger was a black dude and he had dreads and it was epic. So we we would watch Power Rangers. At the time, it was Lightspeed Rescue and that was about to end. And we were moving on to Time Force. But no matter which one we were watching, I was always the Green Ranger. My friend, his name is, and I kid you not, Reality. That's his name. That's the name his mom gave him. He was always the Blue Ranger. And his brother, Reggie, would be the Red Ranger. So... Every time there was an episode, we would try and like act out what was going on and in front of our grandma. <laughs> it, would, it would be hilarious and stuff. And 
like we tried to get my grandma to be the pink ranger one time and she would just be on the couch and move her fists and stuff and to complete the piece uh, my sister was the yellow ranger nice but she wouldn't follow what was on screen she would always try to like slap the tv whenever a bad guy is on screen David tells me he remembers those weekends at his grandma's to be a nice contrast from home with mom and dad. My dad was the nicest guy on the planet. Like, I'd n- I've never seen him really angry before at all, even to this day. But my mom was the complete opposite. Every little thing pissed her off. She yelled at everything, uh, not afraid to throw in a few curse words, even yelled at my dad for a few things. I'm not sure what they were at the time, but I just knew that she had a short temper and stuff like that. And yeah, my dad was basically, he was pretty cool. He rewarded me for every little thing I did. Like if I got like even a B plus in school, he would get me a new toy. I remember him getting me my PlayStation 2 for the first time and I really loved it. But my mom hated it on the other hand. My mom was very anti-video games, by the way. Like she didn't want me playing any violent video games, watching any violent cartoons. She was that mom. So I'm guessing looking back at it, there was kind of a disconnect between both of them. It was kind of more like, I want to spend more time with dad, but dad wasn't really mostly around. When I'm spending time with mom, I gotta make sure all my I's and T's are crossed, otherwise I'll get yelled at or slapped. Any other times they'd be together as a family would be at church. Maybe a few church outings and occasional family trips. David tells me he doesn't remember too many family moments. We did go to Disney World one time. Yeah? Yeah. My dad also got me a Game Boy that same day. I remember that very vividly and um wait disney world or disneyland uh which one is in florida disney world okay Sam. yeah okay. <laughs> and my dad hates planes so we drove there a whole two days i drove my first time to <laughs> disneyland too okay <laughs> yeah and i guess that's why he got me the game boy because i was playing that the whole ride Ooh, smart yeah <laughs> that's funny uh, what do you remember about that trip to Disney World? Well, I remember on the way, I peed in the motel bedroom. And my mom was super mad, but my dad was like, come on, we gotta go before they find out. You know, <laughs> as dads do. So, we went on a lot of rides. My favorite was this kind of Buzz Lightyear-esque one, where like you're going through a dark tunnel and you got, got like these little blasters. Yeah! yeah. Mm-hmm. You gotta shoot all the incoming thingamadoodles. Alien? Yeah. Alien? Aliens. Sure. Of course, it's pretty faint because I was like five ish. Yeah. I so. imagine it would be fuzzy, but it's a while. But yeah, that's really the only like fun family moment I can remember. In addition to this one trip to Disney World, David and his family would visit Jamaica. His mom is from Jamaica, so they had family members who lived there. But like he mentioned before, his dad hated planes. So whenever they took these trips to visit family, David would go with his mom and with his sister. His dad would stay behind in New York. In 2004, they took one of these trips. Pretty sure it was one of those like week-long vacations or like a few days. As far as I can remember, it was mostly just going to each person's house, saying hi, maybe taking pictures, catching up. I was just a kid, so if there were other kids there, I would play with them. If there weren't, I would just be in the room with them. Yeah, just I like guess. sitting in adult conversations. That's yeah. Okay. <laughs> Wasn't a lot to remember, basically. It was a pretty usual trip for them. Nothing out of the ordinary or memorable happened when they were there. When it was time to come back to the States, their dad was set to meet them at the airport. We knew something was wrong when, coming out of the airport, my mom tried to call him to pick us up, but he wasn't picking up at all. 
She called like five times, I think. So she called a cab and they got a ride home. We came home. Dad wasn't there. So I just assumed maybe he's working, you know? It was fine until, you know, about a month passed. Still nothing from dad. And mom has to start working more jobs now. And uh, we're getting babysitters, next door neighbors in the same building, basically. And they were fine. But, you know, it was just kind of weird. And then that was when mom came into the room and told us that dad has been staying at grandma's house this whole time and he has walked out on the family. And I'm like, okay. Damn. She just told you, like, yeah. straight up. Yeah. And that was after a month? Yeah. Was it a month or a year? I don't remember. Yeah. But it was after some time when mom told us. Before David's dad left, she worked as a part-time dental hygienist. Once they were on their own, she took up more shifts at different practices. She got busy, really busy and really stressed, more than usual. You were still going to school at the time. Yep. So like at this point, was she still driving you to school or like taking the or taking you to school as well? Yeah, so she would she would still drive us. Alternatively, if she had to go early or if we were making her run late, our next door neighbor would take us over there. And like after school, like would she or just like a neighbor or someone pick you up? Same thing, yeah. Either her or the neighbor would pick us up. She had a lot on her plate. Well, she was obviously more stressed now and more easily ticked off. And I mean, she had her moments where she would be calm and like maybe spend a little bit of time with us. But for the most part, she was just a really angry, working, light-skinned woman. In 2006, another change happened for David and his sister. It was kind of abrupt. They didn't even see it coming. They didn't even know it was happening until it had already happened. Yeah, so in 2006, uh, mom was apparently getting tired of us so she had some folks in jamaica take custody of us for six months he was around eight years old at the time he was in third grade and his sister was in kindergarten she's about three and a half years younger david tells me he didn't know he was going to jamaica for six months he just thought it was another one of their trips to visit family but as he thinks about it a little bit more some details stand out for one his mom wasn't coming with them Again, I was still pretty young, yeah. so I didn't understand what was going on. She said that we'd be going to Jamaica again, but she wouldn't be coming. So I'm like, okay, cool. Uh, airports are scary, so I don't know how I'd be able to do this. But she dropped us off at the airport. She walked us all the way to the terminal, and then we went on. And as soon as we came off, our uncle was there to pick us up. And I'm like, okay, cool. When are we coming back? No answer. You rode the plane by yourself? Uh, me and my sister, yeah. Yeah. And, like, how long was that flight? I'd say two hours-ish. Okay. They were going to stay with their Uncle Peter during their visit. David tells me he remembers Uncle Peter waiting to meet them once they got off the plane. That's how I remember happening. Okay. Yeah. And so then he just, like, picked you up. Did you guys, what did you guys have with you? Pretty sure it was two suitcases each with a ton of clothes. Looking back at it, I guess I should have questioned why we were packing so much clothes, but I guess now I know we were gonna be there for half a year. 
So for half a year, David and Jesse went from living in a two-bedroom apartment with their mom in the Bronx to a four-bedroom, three-bathroom house with their uncle in Mandeville, Jamaica. In Jamaica, his family is what would be considered a middle to high class here in Jamaica, if that makes sense. By this, he means Uncle Peter and his family would be what we in the States consider to be upper middle class. Because he owns a whole car rental service there. So, of course, the family is easily sustainable there. There was just a lot more conveniences, but also a lot more inconveniences due to just the nature of Jamaica itself, it being a third world country and all. But at the same time, we could get a lot more stuff because, of course, he's making more money than uh, both of my parents would have made combined if you were to, like, take the equivalent of what they earned with the equivalent of what my uncle earns in Jamaica. They had visited Jamaica before. They knew this place. They knew this space. They knew their surroundings. But visiting a place and temporarily living there are two completely different things. It was kind of jarring at first because no train station, uh, the buildings weren't tall. Everything was so separated, basically. It was a lot more country, basically. David and Jesse were also enrolled in school during their stay. They didn't know when they were going back home, and they didn't get straight answers when they asked. Like, everyone implanted a seed in our minds that we were going to go back eventually. They just never gave us a specific time. Oh, like all your other family members around you? Yeah. Did you or her, like, ask questions? Like, ever ask questions like, hey, like, where's mom? Like, why haven't we seen her? Is she going to call? Like, or like, hey, why are we going to school here now? Like, to your understanding, like, how were you and your sister together, like, processing this change in environment? My sister being a very energetic person, she she was kind of the go with the flow kind of person. She was excited about change. She was here and was like, yay, we're in Jamaica. Let's do a bunch of Jamaican stuff. And I'm just like, why am I here? I want to go back home kind of deal. Uh, if anything, I asked most of those questions, like... When is mom coming? Is she going to take us back? Does mom hate us? All those questions. I asked all of them. During those six months, David tells me they didn't hear much from their mom. Communication was rare. Like, I can only remember three on-the-phone calls with her during that time. It wasn't until their last month, their sixth month in Jamaica, that they finally got more concrete updates about going back home. They were excited. Their mom was going to come get them, and they were all going to return to the States together like did you know the exact date she was gonna come back like was that something that you as a kid was able to look forward to like tomorrow it's gonna yeah at that point i was basically gearing up to get back and i remember being super emotional when my mom came back to get us and stuff like that and i was crying and all of that david's mom stayed for a couple of days they went to the beach they caught up with other friends and family and soon enough they were all on a flight back home to new york they would return to the same apartment in Parkchester. And for the most part, when he got back, David said it was the same as he remembered it. However, there were a couple of new things. They got new beds. And they had a TV in their room now. It was fun until mom found out that Family Guy was a thing. So we had like limitations as to when we could use the TV. And the PlayStation 2 was still there. So I could play that. Very occasionally, but it was still a thing. So that was nice. Cyber chase in the bedroom now. Yeah. Did it feel like, was like your mom doing better financially or did she seem as stressed? Was she still working the same amount of of jobs? So she was still working the same amount of jobs, but she did look slightly less stressed. But we did get a dedicated babysitter now. It wasn't just a next door neighbor. 
Uh, she would even pick us up from school and stuff. So mom the was less stressed. Or? Yeah, the okay. babysitter, yeah. So that was fine. She she was Jamaican as well, so a lot of that Jamaican culture-driven method of babysitting was still there. So not too much to complain except, you know, everything's the same. Dad's still at grandma's. But we were able to um, visit him on weekends again. And these weekend visits were the first times David and Jesse saw their dad in a long time since he had left their family. So I actually do not remember what my feelings were when I saw him. Because I remember the first thing immediately was, why did you leave? And stuff like that. Really, when you were that when you were that young? Yeah. Well, I guess because your mom told you, like she said, like he walked out on us. Yeah. You, you sort of, was it, under, was it understood that like, Obviously, like, your mom was upset about it, but was it was it understood that, like, this was something you were supposed to be upset about and mad? Yeah. I knew I was supposed to be upset about it, but I was mostly just, like, really sad and heartbroken, you know? Like, I I always bugged him about it, really, which I probably shouldn't have done, because I'm pretty sure that killed out his conscience, but... Yeah, you're a kid. Yeah. I just kept on bugging him about it. And he would try to, like... If he didn't answer the question, he would try to thwart it by saying hey, do you want to go to the movies next weekend or something like that? You know, trying to be a dad. But it would distract my sister, but it wouldn't distract me for too long. When you visited with your dad and grandmother on, on the weekends, um, like, what did you guys do? We mostly stayed inside. We would go for walks with dad sometimes. Uh, it would mostly just, like, go to the candy store or even see a movie. My dad really likes movies, so he would try and find every excuse to take us to see a movie, even if it's to watch it again. But, yeah, that was pretty much it. Other times, you would just be playing with our friends, Reggie and Reality. I see. And watching cartoons and stuff. David's friends, Reggie and Reality, still were in his grandmother's building. And when they reconnected, after not seeing each other for so long, they picked up right where they left off. You know, as kids do. It was kind of weird, because it's, it's not like we were bummed that we didn't see each other. It was more like, I just couldn't wait to tell them that I was in Jamaica this whole time and I hope that they weren't worried. And when they saw me, they were like, dude, where'd you go? I'm like, oh, I was in Jamaica for six months. And it was like, oh, that's cool, man. I haven't seen you for so long and stuff like that. They didn't show any indication of being like sad or like, you know, they were just excited to see me back. And being back, being back home in the Bronx took some readjusting. They had to get used to the city again after being in rural Jamaica for a while. They had to go back to their schools in the city, and they had to fall back into their routine, the routine they had before they left for Jamaica. For the most part, it was familiar, but there were a few things that were a bit off. For one, there was this new person, this new figure at their apartment now. When we came back from Jamaica, there was, there was this guy who was staying at the house which I didn't really think of it as anything at the time. But looking back at it, it was kind of sus. This grown-ass black man, similar to my dad, living in the house after my dad had walked out on a family. But at the time, I didn't think of it. He was just there, cool guy. But I didn't really spend time with him, so I don't really have much memories of him. David wasn't really sure what role this guy played. Was he a friend of his mom's or a boyfriend? It was a bit unclear. Looking back at it, he may as well have been a boyfriend. Mm-hmm. Well, he was like supportive yeah. to your mom. He was like a support. Yeah, but he never really babysat. So it was like, 
I, as a kid, I never saw his purpose. He was just there from time to time. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, who knows? Maybe he was a boyfriend looking back at it, now that I think about it. And in addition to having this new figure in their home from time to time, David and his sister started to pick up on some changes in their mom. Changes they didn't notice when they first came back home. She would cough a lot and occasionally vomit in the bathroom and stuff like that. And I would ask her if she's okay, and she would say, oh, you know, it's just a bug inside of me. That was her words. It was a bug. And, of course, me as a little kid, I'm like, oh, I'm sure she has medicine that can, like, exterminate that or something. You know what I mean? He didn't think too much of it at the time. But the summer after fifth grade, that changed. One day, David's mom got pretty stressed out. The littlest things stressed her out. We were pretty bad kids. Bad in the sense of, like, just always just busy, always doing something. Like, not just sitting still. No, bad as in we always stressed out our mom kind of bad. I see. Like, we always somehow ended up doing something that mom didn't like or mom would get angry at us for that kind of. What kind of things would she get angry about? Uh, not doing homework, watching TV after certain hours, down to little things like making my toys punch each other. Like, I mean, obviously she didn't yell, but she would talk to me about that time and time again, and each time it was more and more aggressive, basically. And this particular day, this guy, this guy who stayed with them from time to time, had something to say about it. He had something to say about how much David and his sister were stressing out their mom. Mom was just really pissed at me and my sister, and he came in and saying, why do you guys like to stress out your mother so much? You know she has cancer, right? And it was just like, wow. At the time, did you even understand what that meant? Or like, did you know what it was? So I learned about the different diseases in fifth grade. And I knew what cancer was. But at the time, I didn't think it was very serious. Like, I knew it killed people. But at the time, that one big disease in your head that's, like, really dangerous that you want to avoid was leptospirosis. Because that was, that was what was drilled into my head that I, I should stay away from, not cancer. So when I heard my mom had cancer, I was, it was kind of jarring because I'm like, wait, is that bad? I know that kills people, but, like, is it, like, serious? Is it as bad as leptospirosis? You know what I mean? Yeah. So when he heard this, he was shocked. But my sister, she she remained silent. I guess she was in her own little sad mood. But I went over to mom and asked her if it was true. And, and, so um, she was in the room? She wasn't in the room, but she was like in the living room. And of course, it's a small apartment, so you can hear everything. Yeah. So I went in there, and her response was, do you remember that bug I kept telling you about? And I didn't even have, ask any further. I was like, oh, okay. I get it now. Lo and behold, that bug was cancer. So it just clicked. Yeah. At the time, David was about nine or ten. His sister was around six years old. After they learned about their mom's cancer, they tried not to make her mad. They tried not to stress her out. But you gotta remember, they're kids. There were still moments when they were too loud or too messy or too something. She wasn't cussing as much as she used to, but of course, we'd inevitably do something, like make a mess somewhere or something, and get her to yell. But 
we tried our best. Shortly after he found out about his mom, David called his dad and his grandma to tell them. But what he didn't know was that they already knew. I thought a lot as a kid. I was always in my mind overthinking stuff, so I'm not saying I was a smart kid, but I was able to put things together pretty quickly. Yeah. So I guess we didn't know until now for a reason or something. He's not sure what the reason was. Maybe they were waiting for the right time to tell them their mother had cancer. But there's no right time to tell kids that their mom has cancer. So when they finally did learn this information from a guy they barely knew who was in their house from time to time, they just left it at that. They didn't talk about it much. In 2008, David, his sister, and his mom went to visit Jamaica again. It was time for another family visit. Aside from family in Jamaica, David's mom had a brother in Florida, Uncle Barry. David's mom was the youngest of five children. They stayed at Uncle Barry's in Florida for a while, and then they went to stay with their Uncle Donovan in Jamaica. Uncle Donovan was a short drive away from where they previously stayed with Uncle Peter. After some time, David and his sister were enrolled in school. They started going back to school in Jamaica, and this vacation turned more into a temporary stay. It was almost like the last time they were here. It was all somewhat familiar because they had done this before. Uh, sure, it took some recalibrating and relearning the accent. Not that I learned it in the first place to begin with, but I seem to have settled in pretty fast. Before he knew it, they had a routine going. David, his mom, and his sister were living in Jamaica with Uncle Donovan. David and his sister went to school. They occasionally talked to their dad back in the States over the phone, and they all went to church. As far as everything with their mom, she was getting treatment. That's what they were told. She told us that there was a doctor here that would actually help her get better at her treatment than what's available up here. But... Personally, I wasn't seeing the progress, so I didn't see why we were But she here. was, like, going to a treatment center and yeah. getting treated for it and whatnot. Yeah. Me and my sister were going to school, so I imagine her trips to the hospital would be during times while we were at school. They would tell me that she's getting better, but physically she would not look so, so it was kind of confusing. Like, How did she look? So she was losing a lot of weight. Like, she was beginning to look anorexic as time moved on. And there would be times where she would just spend the whole day throwing up in the bathroom. Like, quite literally, that's all. She, that's, that's where she was all day, in the bathroom, waiting to throw up more. After some time went by, she lost her ability to move. Shortly after that, she lost her ability to speak, too. She couldn't talk at all. She would just make noises. Like, if she wanted something to drink, she, she would just say, ha, ha, or something like that. Because it was just too painful for her to speak. She was feeling pain all over at that point. She just, like, stayed in a bedroom somewhere? Yeah. She would turn her head, maybe, to see us before we would go to school, but that was it. Part of their routine was for their cousin Delano, son of Uncle Donovan, to take David and his sister to and from school. But one day, Uncle Donovan picked them up instead. That day, it was Uncle Donovan, which I did think was a little bit peculiar. He went on a monologue about my mom or something. It was some basic stuff like, your mom was very sick. No, he was saying she... What? Was he using past tense or present tense? 
I, I don't know. I don't remember what he was using, but he was talking about her illness, basically. Like, trying to avoid saying what had really happened until we got to the, to the house. Before they could drive into the front yard, Uncle Donovan stopped the car. He says, I remember the last part of it. He just says, David, your mom's dead. But I don't remember what the words were before that. Did he just say it, like, looking forward? Like, what What did he look like no. when he told you that? Or were you even, were you even looking at him? Uh, he looked at us, but it was more like him bracing himself for a sort of reaction or like an outburst of tears, but we were just really silent. My jaw dropped, and Jesse kept silent. After that, Uncle Donovan starts the car, and he drives into the front yard. We went into the house. There was a lot of people. Grandma's crying. Everybody's pretty much like, you know, either crying or like not saying anything. And one of the family friends basically just escorted me and my sister to the room and asked if we wanted to see the body. Jesse didn't want to see it, but I said, sure, say one final goodbye. And she had a head tie around her head like this because apparently she died with her mouth open. And it was kind of creepy, like... That image coming back to me now is probably going to give me nightmares again. But I wanted to look away, but I kept on staring at it for some reason. Like, it was like, wow, that is literally my mom right there, not breathing. Did you, like, see your mom at all before you left that day for school? Like, I, I imagine I did. I usually go to her room and say goodbye, mom, and touch the side of her face and then leave. But I was pretty much in shock that I couldn't even say anything. Like, I couldn't even say the goodbye that I wanted to. And then when they covered her back up, I, I, um, I held on to the family friend and it just started, I started kind of crying, like in her clothes and stuff, but I didn't start really crying until later that night. Later that night, Uncle Donovan and Cousin Delano took David and Jesse to the movies. Something to get them out of the house. Something to get them away from all of their grieving relatives and family friends. He said, come on, let's go to the movies. You can watch any movie you want. We saw Madagascar 2. You were able to, like, focus on the film? I remember good portions of it, I guess. Yeah. But, I mean, obviously when the movie was over, it's like, damn, we gotta go back home, you know. They actually did a lot of redecorating while we were at the movie theaters. When we came back, a lot of furniture was moved around and stuff. Uh, they tend to do that to, like, just have a less familiar environment now that a person is gone. I don't remember eating too much. Like, if I had to eat, I only had, like two spoons or two forks of whatever it is it was, and then just dipped. I couldn't even sleep. I didn't sleep for like two days. I didn't sleep or eat for two days. I didn't even want to play video games. David and his sister were still pretty young when their mom passed. David was 11 years old, and Jesse was seven. I feel like she recovered quicker than I did. But those first few days, did you guys ever talk about it? Like, mom's not here anymore, or...? Uh... I don't think we really said much. If anything, it was just either my sister calling me for breakfast even though I didn't want to eat, or yeah, just basic communication. Like we tried not to mention it. Coming up after this break, David adjusts to his new living situation without his mom. And going back home, back to New York, is going to take a lot longer than expected.
This episode of Back Home is brought to you by the support I have from all of my friends that I've interviewed for this podcast. Friendship is pretty great, isn't it? So for that very reason, feel free to share this podcast with your friends. Share it with your friends from back home. Share it with your friends in your new home. Share it with your roommates who could potentially be your friends. Share it with anyone who honestly you consider to have been a friend to you at one point in your life. You can also be a friend of this podcast by leaving a review on Apple Podcast. I would really appreciate it. Now, without further ado, back to the episode. While David and his sister were in Jamaica the second time around, they still talked to their dad. David tells me that he spoke to his dad the most. He kind of hogged phone time with his dad. They talk for about an hour or two, and then towards the end of the call, there would only be a couple of minutes left for Jesse to talk. I would still try to ask him why he left, and though still vague, he would add a few more words. Like, it was a tough decision. I was going through a lot. There was something I really needed to sort out, and I didn't want to put you guys through that kind of deal. So he would say stuff like that, but he still, this still wasn't clear to me, basically. Yeah, and did you, was every conversation like that, or were there conversations where you just like, how was your day? What'd you do today? Each conversation, it kind of followed a format. Like, I would start with the, how are you, how was your day, regular stuff, and then maybe pop the, why did you leave? And then I would, I would talk about something cool, like a movie I saw, or this cool video game that I want to play, or, you know, something. Usually it's really nerdy, but I would go on for hours about it, and he would just listen. David's dad didn't have a job. He was no longer driving taxis, and he was living with David's grandma, the grandma that lived in the Upper West Side. David's dad was a veteran, so he received benefits from time to time. But aside from that, there wasn't much income coming through. David's dad was also diagnosed with depression. David's family in Jamaica had their fair share of opinions about David's dad. They weren't all that positive. Each person will have something different to say about him. My grandmother kind of resented him at that point because, you know, the whole leaving the family thing. And... I started hearing these rumors that he was seeing other people, but eventually I found out that that was just lies that they tried to start about him. But they didn't necessarily have the nicest things to say about him. After his mom passed, David was the one to break the news to his dad. He was 11 years old, he was just a kid, and yet he was left with the task to deliver this news. It was kind of hard. Was it just expected that you were the one to tell him? Or, like, did they ever speak to him? I think it was... I think they wanted me to break the news to him. So, somebody said said that bullshit thing where it's like, do you want to talk to your dad and tell him about it? And me being a kid, I'm like, okay, yeah, I'll do it. But looking back at it, it's like, wow, they just didn't want to tell him. David made this call the morning after his mom died. I said... Hey, Dad, you won't be able to speak to Mom. I remember saying something like that, and he asked why, and I said, well, she's in a better place. And then he just broke down on the phone and handed it to my grandma, his mom. She said, sorry to hear and whatever, 
And like, I could hear in her voice that she was crying too. So, I said, yeah, it's, I'm really sad and what whatnot. And then I passed it to Jesse. I don't know what they talked about, but I imagine it wasn't different. Part of them hoped they could go back home, back to New York to live with their dad. But after some time, when no word was said about them going back anytime soon, they understood that Jamaica was going to be home for a while. It wasn't until he was around 15 years old, David learned part of the reason why. They couldn't go back to live with their dad, at least not as minors. He wasn't fit to take care of them. So it was up to his family in Jamaica, his uncles, his cousins, his aunts and grandmother, to take care of him and his sister. He still talked to his dad over the phone, but Jamaica became more of a home to him. At the same time, as he's growing up, there's this countdown going on in the back of his mind. 18. 18 years old. When he turns 18, he gets to go back home. There was no question about it. Pretty much in my head the whole time. When yeah. I turn 18, I'm going to the States. That's it. And soon enough, his 18th birthday came. They all threw a, a big party. Um, and I had a fun time. But of course, uh, the big question was, what happens now? David was just itching to see his dad after all this time. Eight years is a long time. A lot can happen in eight years. A lot can change. But there was another plan for him when it was time for him to go back to the U.S. Aside from his dad and grandmother in New York, there was someone else David could go to in the States. His Uncle Barry, the uncle in Florida, the uncle they stayed with briefly before they came to Jamaica in 2008 with their mom. Uncle Barry came to visit Jamaica from time to time. One of those times, Uncle Barry told David the promise he had made to his mom before she passed. He said, before your mom died, she made me promise to take care of you once you guys are able to travel. So there was a slight change. Going back to the States didn't mean going back to the Bronx. It meant going to stay with Uncle Barry in Florida. After he turned 18, a couple of months later, David was on his way back to the U.S. This was in January of 2016. Was it like a straight flight? Was it a layover? Uh, it was a straight flight. Before you left, like you said goodbye to your sister and your, yeah. your aunts and uncles. Yeah. Like, what did they tell you? What did they say? Um, they told me to be good. All that, all that good stuff. And Uncle Peter, he's kind of like a stern dude. So he didn't really say anything emotional. He just said... Um, in his Jamaican accent, and don't laugh. All right, so, with a salute, and that was basically it, and I hugged him. Yeah, yeah, a little emotional, but, you know, that was it. I was pretty excited, and yeah. So, like, you took this flight by yourself. Yeah. The last time you were on a plane is when you were, like, with your your mom. Yeah, So, like, what years. was it like traveling with yourself, like, to, to another country? Like, it's a two-hour flight, so, like... Yeah. I imagine the entire thing was maybe like three hours of your of, of, of your time, yeah, or something like that. What was that process like? Like your like, how much stuff did you have with you? Uh, I had a lot of stuff. I think I had two suitcases and an over-the-shoulder bag. Okay. So. Check the two bags when carry on. Yep. At first, I thought I was gonna be a total caveman when it came to like airports, but. Luckily, I had common sense to put two and two together and navigated through pretty seamlessly. Did you have any money or like... Yeah, I had some cash. Okay. I converted a lot of the Jamaican money to U.S. 
cash that you'd like saved up or that like you're yeah okay. or just what i had in my pocket at the time and um the plane ride itself maybe a little bumpier than i remember or maybe it was just always like that i don't know but um not that it was bad but it was just huh i remember being a lot more smoother yeah but it is what it is i flew jet blue so you know tvs and stuff when he gets off the plane, he calls Uncle Barry to pick him up. I was picked up by Uncle Barry and went straight to his place. Where in Florida did he live? He lives in Coral Springs. Was it just your Uncle Barry? Was there anyone uh, else? Uh, his wife. We call her Auntie Grace. Um, yeah, it was, it was basically just the three of us. Auntie Grace does have a son, but he lives elsewhere. He would stop by, but that's basically it. Okay. And they lived in an apartment? or? Uh, no, so... Uncle Barry's house is quite literally a mansion, like full scale and everything. Like my room was on the top floor, tucked away in some hallway, TV to myself. There was a PlayStation 3 there, like quite literally paradise. (laughs) I'm I'm not lying. Wow. Yeah. So would your Uncle Barry like, dude was like rolling in dough? Yeah. Um, so, like, did you know... Well, I guess you knew that, like... Was this the same mansion you stayed in? Yeah. When you... So... Hmm. So, you know, like, exactly where you were going, like... Yeah. Did did you have memory? Like, is, is that something you would, like, think about when you were waiting to turn 18? Like, you're gonna be living in a mansion with Uncle Barry? I... When I thought about it as a kid... I imagined it would just be going back to my dad, but then after finding out what the deal really was, I'm like, wait a minute, does this mean I get to live with Uncle Barry? Because I'll be pretty lit. <laughs> and it was, but at the same time, David kept thinking about his dad. He wanted to see his dad. He was the first person I called when I got back. Actually second, because I had to call Uncle Barry. But uh, yeah, I called him on the way to Uncle Barry's house and um, we already started making arrangements for me to see him, but nothing concrete at the time. It was just like, hey, maybe in the next few weeks I can fly over there real quick or something like that. After about two months or so, David made a trip to New York. Uh, I started getting on Uncle Barry's nerve about uh, my trip to New York and stuff. And he was like, sure, uh, early March. So I let my dad know. I let my sister know, and then came up here, met up with my dad. Uh, pretty emotional sight, not gonna lie. Uh, he looks a lot more old now, like a lot older than he should be, but glad he's still alive. Essentially, he's so he's in his early 60s, but he looks like he could be in his late 80s, kind of deal. Mm-hmm. So I imagine that a lot of that is due to the stress and depression he's been going through. Because he did, he, he was devastated when he heard the news about mom. They went back to the same apartment, the same apartment David and his sister would visit on weekends when they were kids. Not much has changed. So your grandmother's always lived in that same place in the other yeah. west side? Yep, same apartment. Everything's the same. Even all my toys were in this bag rolled up in some closet. It was supposed to be a visit, but similar to what David's experienced in a lot of turning points in his life, this visit turned more into a stay. 
And this was different than those weekend visits to grandma's house as a kid. He was an adult now. He's with his dad. He now had the time and the space to try and build a relationship. It was kind of weird. I, I was pretty optimistic. I had a plan to like have him eat more so he could like at least be strong and not look like he can die by just being pushed over. But I feel like he has changed in a way where I don't think I can relate to him anymore. Like you said, he used to be like a happy guy. Exactly, he's far from that now. Like, he's still, he's still chirpy at times and quirky. Like, he doesn't get mad at all, but he's more sad than happy nowadays. Like, how was your grandmother doing this entire time, like, as you, like, when you started living with them again? Uh, she was happy. For the first few weeks, um, I would have dinner with her and watch movies. She loves westerns. And I guess because of her, I like them now. But anyways. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Okay. Um, yeah, it was her thing, and yeah, we had good times until eventually I got a job and started uh, hanging out with more people and stuff like that. S- started spending less time with them, which they were fine with because I was still in the house and stuff. But yeah, nothing was really bad. My dad and my grandma kind of argue sometimes, which gets annoying and sometimes really excruciating some nights, but other than that, they're cool with me being there, of course. His grandmother and his dad weren't the only reconnections he made when he came back to the city. His friends Reggie and Reality, the kids he used to watch Power Rangers with, still hung out in that building. So the very next day when I got back to Grandma's house, I reconnected with Reggie and Reality. That's wild. Yeah, so... They, so they don't live in that apartment anymore, but they come back there very frequently. For what reason, though? Their grandma. I see. Yeah. And for some reason, they just like being there. I don't know. Mm-hmm. So that was convenient for me. It was nice hanging out with them again. Of course, they've changed. and You've changed. Yeah, mm-hmm. I have. And along with connecting with old friends, David has done a lot. He's made some new connections, and he's met new people. His goal to pursue his BA was placed on hold for a bit, but since he's been back in the city, he's been busy. In an unexpected turn of events, he pursued a degree in ophthalmic dispensing through TCI, and in the summer of 2018, he became a licensed optician. As David starts to tell me more about what he's been up to since he's come back to New York, I realize that this is probably the first time in his life He's making a decision about where he chooses to be. This isn't all that new to him. In the past, his visits have turned into long-term stays, but there's something different about this one. When David first stayed in Jamaica, it was a decision his mom made for him. He was eight years old. It wasn't his decision to make. When he lived in Jamaica the second time after his mom passed, that choice was made for him too. It was out of his control. Even when he came back to the States and stayed with Uncle Barry for a bit, that was a decision that was kind of made for him. Now he's living in the Upper West Side with his dad and grandma, and it's his choice. He's in control. It's his decision. For the first time, really, he's making the decisions about where his home is going to be, at least for the time being. Home is supposed to be a place that no matter 
what situation you know you can be comfortable at that place like whenever you're out and you start to feel uncomfortable a lot of times you'll be thinking man i want to go home i just want to go home you know what i mean yeah home is that place that you can just go there and be yourself and rest and recollect your thoughts when you have a hard day's work you're not gonna go somewhere else and recollect your thoughts you're gonna go home David tells me Jamaica felt like home. And here, in New York, in his grandma's apartment, that feels like home too. But that home feels more temporary. Over the summer, he made a brief trip back to Jamaica to celebrate his grandma, his mom's mom's, 100th birthday. Yeah, so they had like this huge thing. And yeah, I went over there, reconnected with some peeps. Saw your sister. Yeah, saw my sister. What was that like? She did that ugly ass braid remember that time (laughs) yeah yeah i remember seeing it yeah so yeah it was basically just me popping in for the celebration saying hi to everyone and then coming back when i got in i was like a regular person actually nobody like yeah everyone greeted me with happy arms and all that but yeah i was a regular part of the house already surfing my own cup of water uh, making my own toasted bread with butter, which was a thing that I ate a lot as a kid growing up there. So, yeah, kind of felt like I was just back home after a long vacation, I guess. It was fun. I really liked seeing everybody again. It was pretty cool. David plans to go back to Jamaica this year for a longer visit. And when he does, if he does, it will be his choice. It will be his decision. He's only 21. He's gone through connecting and reconnecting with people. He's gone through moving to, leaving from, and going back to places. And there's no telling what will happen in the future. There's no telling what decisions he'll have to make. But whatever happens, this time around, those decisions will be up to him.